Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Stacked, stacked news weekend again. You know Monday shows. I wake up in the morning. A cornucopia of information. Uh-oh! Don't you worry. I've got it distilled down to like six or seven stories. Folks, wall over it. Trump's overseas right now at the G7 in France, knocking it out of the park. He's doing a really good job eh. over there. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you on this fine Monday? Uh, brother, I'm doing good. I'm ready for that cornucopia full of cornucopia. information. Like that? Yeah, I yeah. Like cornucopia, that. SAT word. Yeah, yeah love yeah. that. Um, L- LSAT, <laughs> what are you, this you know, I took a course once, Verbal Advantage. It was really good when oh. I was younger. I was embarrassed my vocabulary wasn't deeper when I was like uh, in my in my uh, my late teens, early 20s. Uh-huh. I took this course. It was great. Best course ever. Loved it. I was always oh, looking man. to improve myself. Yeah. And we should who? Like, this is like the Tony Robbins hour or whatever. Tony All right, listen, Kobe let me get to this because we got a stack show today. <laughs> Today's show brought to you by my buddies at WaxRx. WaxRx has been a sponsor of mine for almost two years. I love them. Check this out. This is how to clean your ears, folks. Wax RX. This is how you do it. Whoa. Put the little nozzle in your ear. Gentle stream of the cleansing fluid cleans out your ear, breaks up that heart of your wax. You put a little cup underneath your ear, you would be stunned at what comes out. We love this stuff. We use it in my house. Wax RX. Don't clean your ears with those cotton swabs. In the You're not supposed to stick those in your ear. No. It even says it on the box. It's for the outside of the ear. Listen, uh, Wax RX is not the sexiest product to talk about, but I use it. I use it to get the earwax out. I had a big problem with earwax buildup in my prior line of work, and now having to wear these earpieces all day. When your ears aren't clean, they're really uncomfortable. They itch, they get painful. A lot of you know the feeling. They get plugged up, making it harder to hear. Uh, many people use cotton swabs or cheap drugstore remedies to clean their ears, but they don't really do the job. They can even be dangerous. Try the doctor-developed Wax RX ear wash system. Even Walgreens picked up Wax RX, right? It's just like the ones doctors, yeah, they did. Use in the office, it can save you a trip, a copay, and it's just better. Try the WaxRx system by typing in GoWaxRx.com. That's GoWaxRx.com. Use offer code DAN at checkout for free shipping or visit your local Walgreens. Don't wait. You have no idea what you might be missing because of inner earwax. Go to Go waxrx.com offer code damage funny my wife just told me don't put your head down and i just did that exact thing like this she's like don't put your head down they won't be able to see your mouth i just did the exact i'm sorry paula i should take instructions from the producer of the show all right let's get right to it so number one story number one over the weekend ding 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 yeah um joe walsh not even the most no. famous Joe Walsh in America. And most of you have no, no. idea who this guy is, uh, thankfully. Um, this is one of those guys that knowing him makes your world worse. Uh, Joe Walsh is a former Republican congressman from Illinois. He's a really awful person. I know Woo-hoo. Joe personally. He's a terrible <laughs> human being. Um, I'm not kidding. I, yeah. He's really one of the most awful people I've ever met. Um, like Joe Walsh jerk. is now attempting... Yeah, he is attempting to challenge uh, Donald Trump for the Republican nomination for the president, which is kind of a presidency, which is kind of a hysterical story. Here's a story by our friend Fuzzy Slippers at Legal Insurrection. One term rep and radio host Joe Walsh announces primary challenge to Donald Trump. Now, listen, I get bash on this guy all day. He's really just a jerk. I mean, he, he constantly attacks me on Twitter for no reason. It's <laughs> not just that. I mean, a lot of people attack me on Twitter who are probably... Otherwise, decent people just don't know me. And this uh-huh. guy's just not a good guy. Um, I've never found him to be a man of any kind of character at all. You can look up his history. I'm not going to go into it. It's, you know, on the show. I'm not going to waste your time. But a couple of takeaways. Number one, I know Walsh. Um, he actually endorsed me when I ran for office. Now you say, well, gosh, that huh. sounds kind of weird. Um, it did. Because yeah. after the endorsement, I kid you not, a number of people up on the Hill who knew Walsh cautioned me 
to stay away from this guy. It's a true story. Hmm. I didn't know him. Of course, I took the endorsement. He was a congressman. I, I, you know, I didn't know the guy from Adam. I knew who he was based on his his, his alleged conservatism. Yeah. Um, but after that, people who knew him personally warned me, get away from this guy. Don't even take the endorsement. That's a true story, by the wow, way. Wow, man. A couple of other takeaways from this. Yeah, this one I met Joe, by the way, back during that run. Mm-hmm. Uh, this And this is uh, largely, at, at, at this point, an irrelevancy to the Trump campaign. Um, a Walsh has got to organize. Remember, folks, the election for the presidency is really the equivalent of 50 separate gubernatorial elections. In other words, it's not a national election. You say, of course it is. You're running for president. No, it's it's not. It's an election nationally, but it's not a national election. It's really a series of 50 separate state elections. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have the Electoral College, but you have separate systems in each state. And, you, and this is where I'm going with this. You have separate requirements to get on the ballot in each state. Ladies and gentlemen, those requirements can be substantial. When I was in Maryland, uh, you know, you, you any, I think it was Maryland, it was easy. It was like $270 or something, and you just mm-hmm. go down to the Board of Elections and you get your name on the ballot. It's very simple. That's why in Maryland, in these primaries, there's like 15, 20 people on the ballot often. I mean, when I right. ran for the U.S. Senate, I think there were 12 yeah. people running. Other states are a little more complicated. Florida, where I ran, it was a pretty substantial sum of money to get on the ballot. So Joe Walsh, what I'm getting at, is not a serious guy. He's going to have to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, just to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, I doubt that's going to happen. Nah. Um, a couple other takeaways from this, why Joe Walsh is not, you know, we should always worry about this. I always, I always say, like, don't brush anything off. People mm-hmm. brush Trump off. I'm not comparing this guy to Trump. This guy's, again, he's right now he's in irrelevancy. But, you know, it's always healthy to keep a little bit of anxiety about stuff, keeps you on your toes, keeps you frosty. But a couple of things to kind of just prove my point that at least right now, this guy's, you know, the Trump team responded, said literally whatever, which is in that piece. They're like, yeah, okay, whatever, Walsh. Um, one of the good parts about him running, he's going to suck up a lot of Democrat airtime. Ah, uh, Walsh was beclowning yeah. himself on the media this weekend. Uh, notice those hits he did, which he just kind of embarrassed himself. Were all Remember that these shows, these media shows on CNN and MSNBC, folks, where they're limited in time. It's, you know, if it's an hour show and 42, 45 minutes of airtime and Joe Walsh is a, a one or two segment guy, that's one or two segments CNN doesn't have a Democrat on. <laughs> so one takeaway that's positive from that. Another is, you know, any successful challenge that does damage to a candidate in the primary side, whether you look at Teddy Kennedy uh, challenging, uh, was it challenging Carter? Uh, you look at Reagan Ford, Mm-hmm. You look at Pat Buchanan, uh, George yep. H. Uh, w. Bush. Those f- running on those flanks, you have to be able to outflank someone to the side of the party that's going to vote in the primary. So, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm getting at is think about it, right? Who is it that votes in Republican primaries? Is it soft Republicans who really aren't that interested in politics? Um, no, of no. course not. It's really conservative and, and, and libertarian votes and strong Republicans who believe enough to go out there and pick the candidate. Soft, eh, you know, superficially related to politics, people right. generally don't show up in primaries. That's why the turnout's so dramatically lower uh, for party folks based on and, and, and based on the and the general, the party folks. I'm talking about if you measure both ways for you to get a fair sample size. What I'm getting at here, ladies and gentlemen, is. If you're not going to outflank him to the right, which you're not going to be able to do, Joe Walsh isn't going to be able to do, Mm -hmm. he's not. What's he going to say? 
I would nominate more conservative judges than Trump. Good luck with that. I would cut taxes even more. You know, look at what Buchanan did to Bush. Buchanan ran on basically the immigration issue trade and and really took a, a right-leaning path that outflanked a relatively moderate candidate. That's not, pathway's not available to Walsh now. So mm. again, got to cover the story, want to put it out there. But it, rather than ranting against Walsh, who I'm just telling you he's not a good guy, um, I'm going to put out there the pros and the cons. The pros are... Gets rid of Democrat airtime, can't outflank us, largely in relevancy. The con of it is you really don't want a guy out there trying to suck up Republican donors and giving any space to this stuff. But it is America, and he's perfectly you entitled know, to run. You know, this Joe um, Walsh okay. guy, he, he, he just proves one thing. The smoker you drink, the player you get. It's that simple. <laughs> I know the audience will get that. Yeah. I know the audience it's, will tell I get it. I get, he's not even the most famous Joe Walsh. That was a joke on Fox this one. weekend. Joe you. Walsh of the Eagles. Yeah, it was a guy because he's not even the most famous Joe Walsh, which is actually pretty funny. I think there's a Joe Walsh who lives in my neighborhood who's just, got a bigger following yeah. than Joe Walsh, former Republican <laughs> congressman. No. All right, got a stack show today, so I want to get to a great sponsors here today. Listen, Teeter, Teeter, love Teeter. I use Teeter twice a day. What is Teeter? It is the world's finest inversion table. I need Teeter to get through the day. I have really bad arthritis. I have back issues. <gasps> teeter inverts you. And through that inversion, <laughs> lengthens you out, decompresses all your joints. It's the greatest thing. Oh, I use it twice good. a day. Can't yeah. say enough about it. It does feel good. With a teeter inversion table, you use gravity in your own body to decompress your spine and relieve pressure on your discs and surrounding nerves. Just a few minutes a day on your teeter inversion table is a great way to maintain a healthy, supple spine and an active lifestyle without the pain. If you have back pain or you've been lucky enough to avoid mm. it, Try teeter. Lengthen out that spine. Get those supple joints back. I feel like a new man when I get off my teeter inversion table. Some products I use regularly, some I can't. This I use twice a day, before the show and after my workouts. Three million people put their trust in teeter. Now, for a limited time, get teeter's brand new 2019 upgraded model of the inversion table, the teeter fit spine with bonus accessories. You get the stretch max handles to help you stretch out. They're really cool. Easy reach ankle system plus a free inversion program mat with 24 illustrated stretches and exercises showing you how to reach your maximum productive self on the teeter mm. inversion table. They have thousands of reviews on Amazon. They're rated at 4.6 stars. And with this deal, you'll get $150 off. I didn't say that wrong. It's $150 off. You go to teeter.com slash Dan, T-E-E. T-E-R, teeter.com slash Dan, teeter.com slash Dan. You'll get free shipping, free returns, a 60-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk for you to try it out. Remember, you can only get the new 2019 Fit Spine Inversion Table from Teeter, plus a free inversion program app by going to teeter.com slash Dan. That's teeter.com slash Dan. All right, moving on. So uh, Trump right now is talking with Emmanuel Macron uh, of France. There is a presser uh, going on right now. He's he's over there at the G7 um, in France, and I did an appearance on Fox and Friends this morning. A lot of you watch it on Monday morning. Some of you don't. Yeah. And I stress the point that one of the things about Trump that I think is undeniable, you may not like him. That's fine. Again, I'm a supporter of the president. I think he's been strongly conservative. Um, but one of the things you... you you can't deny about him, even if you are in a political or ideological opponent of him, is he just is like a bull in a china shop. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way at all. I mean it in a very complimentary kind of laudatory fashion mm -hmm. uh, and, and not in a golden calf way. But folks, it, again, in my prior line of work, I, I, you know, I don't want to keep talking about it. I hate to do that, but it's important. I, I spent a lot of time at UN's 
United Nations gatherings, General Assembly gatherings, things like the G7, ASEAN, these conferences. Where did I? I went to one in Trinidad. I can't even remember all of them. Association of some. I, I, really, I, they all blend in after a while. I'm, I'm just, I don't want to kind of sound uh, ignorant about it. I just don't remember them all. They really blend in. And after 12 years of traveling around the world with uh, three different administrations, the way these things work is you go over to the G7, a gathering of these powerful seven countries, and everybody does what, Joe? As I said it on Fox this morning, it's the crumpets and the tea and the back slapping yeah. and the selfies, and yeah. they put out a statement, we're committed to world peace. And it's like, yeah. oh, oh, great. Oh. We're, you know, everybody's equal. Yes, we already know that. Okay, great. We should all fight for that. What does that mean? I get it. Like, what are we doing to make that happen? What, are, what is this world? What are we actually doing? You get what I'm saying? Like, folks, I'm telling yeah. you, the behind the scenes of these things are even worse. It is a big backslapping session where everybody sits there and prepares for their job after politics. What are you doing afterwards? Well, I'm going to be a consultant. Are you a mom? Okay, you're starting a company. It's It's a big joke. Trump doesn't do that. He goes there and he wants business to get done. Business. Business. Yeah. He doesn't want to mess around. So we have two stories this week. And I'm sitting around this weekend. We have, first, the Wall Street Journal ran a piece. Trump seeks to ease tensions with China. Our president said that U.S. negotiations with China were much more meaningful than at any time. Again, uh, the China, the, uh, the Chinese economy has been taking advantage of us forever through intellectual property theft and other things. But the point is, and quickly, because I got a lot to get through, Trump went over there not to mm, around with China. He went over there to get some business done. You right. guys want to chat or what? And he held the Chinese to account. And he put out a statement the media went crazy about. He was having second thoughts about tariffs. And then he said, well, the second thoughts are about raising them higher. All of a sudden, mysteriously, Joe, the Chinese want to come back to the table. Yeah. But. This is an important takeaway. What he's doing with China is working. Folks, he's backing them into a corner by turning allies, allies of us and allies of China into allies of us and at least economic opponents of China. Check out this story by hmm. IJ, excuse me, by IJ Review that'll be in the show notes today. Uh, Trump hopes Congress will vote soon on trade deal with Canada and Mexico. You're like, What does that have to do with China? Folks. Liberals won't get this. A lot of you are shaking your heads in approval right now. What was the big news out of the uh, G7 this weekend that nobody saw coming, by the way? Nobody. I didn't report on it on this show because I didn't know about it. Either did a lot of other folks. Trump agreed in principle to a big trade deal with Japan that's going to be huge for our economy. Hmm. What does that story have to do with that? Look what he's doing. Instead of engaging in multilateral trade deals like the TPP, you know, all of these countries at one time, He's picking them off one by one. Don't be surprised if you hear about a trade deal with the United Kingdom soon as well. And we're negotiating better deals, which is doing what? It's mm -hmm. making China, as an exporter to the United States of products, increasingly over time, it's going to make them irrelevant because these trade deals with other countries are going to shut off that trade channel as a necessity because we can get these products from elsewhere. Right. You know, if you only have one bagel store in your neighborhood and you're jonesing for a bagel, they can pretty much charge you whatever they want. If five or six new bagel stores open up, you just go shop there. That's what we're doing. We're not shopping in China because Trump is shutting off those trade routes. I, I, listen, I get it. Fair enough. I'm oversimplifying it a bit. I, I get that. 
But I'm trying to make the larger point here that his long game strategy is working. Why do you think the Chinese are coming back to the table to talk again? Because they want to? There's nothing more they want to do than to crush our economy in Trump in a, on the long game. Mm-hmm. They need us in the short game. And he's not letting it happen. One more quick thing on this I want to address with China because we don't do a lot of foreign policy in the show. There's always so much going on domestically. Two major miscalculations made by prior administrations on China that are catching up to us now. Uh, Takeaway number one, we thought when China entered the World Trade Organization that China was going to become a sensible, more responsible global, global actor when it comes to trade. That turned out to be a catastrophic miscalculation through Democrat and Republican administrations. The idea was that, Joe, when they entered the World Trade Organization, they were going to follow the rules. They threw the rules out the window and basically hollowed out our manufacturing base and did what they could to manipulate their currency, steal our IP, uh, engage in manipulative government procurement. The Chinese entering the WTO did nothing to tame them. You get that? That was a major miscalculation by both parties. I'm telling you, they they thought they were brilliant. Secondly, the idea was that more markets in China would bring about more economic freedom and a yearning for freedom. That's not what's happened either. Mm. As the socialist Chinese economy has tried to liberalize around the edges a little bit, we have the world's largest surveillance state emerging, and look what's happening in Hong Kong. Trump sees that. Again, I'm not golden calfing the guy. Tariffs are not a good thing. They're only good as a short-term weapon. Over time, they will do damage. But Trump gets the long game with China, whereas a lot of politicians have completely failed. And it's been very disappointing. He's encircling them right now with this strategy. The new deal with Canada and Mexico deals with the UK. The deal with Japan announced this weekend. Expanding our trade with South America, expanding our trade with South Korea. These are ways to isolate the Chinese Mm -hmm. economy. Very important. Don't neglect what he's doing. Okay. Really, it was a stacked news weekend, so I'm trying to triage my stories, but we can get to. This guy is becoming a personal favorite of mine, um, Ken Cuccinelli. (laughs) So Ken Cuccinelli, who is one of Trump's uh, immigration honchos out there, and he's been doing a lot of media, has just been going on to these liberal networks like CNN, MSNBC, and just dismantling (laughs) the host. Now, I, I, you know, uh, full disclosure, I know Kent, we're not personal friends, but we were... uh, uh, you know, I ran for office. He had showed up in an event. I know we've spoken again. I, am out of, I just want to put that out there. Um, so there's no, you know, we're not doing CNN stuff. Uh, but he was on CNN, meaning not disclosing like the true intent of what they're doing. Uh, I like Ken. He was on CNN and Allison Camerata, who has become a total leftist on CNN, tries to basically hole him into a narrative that's just not true. And Cuccinelli's having none of it. But before we play the cut, I want you to pay particular attention to two points here so you understand what's happening. Camerata's about to show Ken, Ken Cuccinelli uh, on the screen pictures of a facility with, with chain link fencing. She's going to paint the narrative. This is a Trump thing. And she's trying to paint the narrative as well that this is a long-term situation for these people who are being held. You'll get what I mean in a minute. Play this cut. Watch Cuccinelli stop her right in her tracks. This is awesome. The problem was the inability to hold families, detain families more than 20 days, and now we can hold them until their, <clears throat> their whole 
court situation yeah. is resolved. And yeah, but that historically could be years. that took about 50 days. Right. OK. But nowadays, well, that isn't it that, is, when, that, is, that is not how it that is not how it worked when this was being conducted. Understood. With families. But I'm just saying and, the problem and now realize one of the dangers that, that was going on was that 30 percent of the children in the pilot programs we were finding were being recycled. They were being trafficked. This became a ticket to your to bring children became a ticket to get into the United yeah. States because you had to be released within 20 days. I guess this my, protects uh, children. I mean, I, okay, on one <laughs> level it protects children, but it also exposes children to the overcrowding. I mean, here's the, some of the B-roll. We've been playing it for months. We've been seeing this for months. Lawmakers have been going yeah, to the I border assume for months. The B-roll Hold, on you're showing. Hold on one second. The, Here it is, as you can yeah, see. Yeah, I know you don't want real answers. I know you don't want truth. You I want, want to be able to ask to know, you But I'm not going to sit back and take Mr. that. Mr. Cuccinelli, I, I want to be able to get showing, a question I guarantee out. you they're border agents. Those are border agents in these pages right here? Are the pictures of border patrol? Are those border patrol facilities? Yes, these, I can't are border, see these are border patrol facilities with overcrowding and not enough room yes. for people inside these cages. And now children will be held there indefinitely. So we don't use cages. We use the facilities built in the 1990s and with the last administration. So if you want to characterize it that way, just un everyone watching should know you're pushing a narrative. Well, you're calling it a different a word. Situation. Mr. <laughs> Red card. Red card. You're thrown out of the game. Red card. You are out of the game. The verdict oh, no. is in. You got owned by Ken Guccino. That was just... Expert. I mean, uh. like platinum level responses. Let me explain to you what went on there and, right. and why Cuccinelli is so good at this. Number one, ladies and gentlemen, he asks her now I, I'm having done TV and go. And by the way, thank you to everyone who tuned in for me on Hannity Friday. You all are awesome. Really appreciate it. We'll have the ratings later in the day. But having now guest hosted and been on both sides of the camera, I, I know how this works. Ken Cuccinelli asks her, again, Trump's immigration official, are those Border Patrol officers in the picture, in the B-roll you're showing, that video mm -hmm. of the cages, air quotes, right? And clearly you can see she's like, are, she repeats the question because she doesn't know the answer. She's like, are they Border Patrol officers? And someone in her ear is clearly saying, Joe, you know this on radio? They're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, it's Border Patrol. Yeah, so Trump, she knows. Yeah, so yeah. she's not totally humiliating. Yes, yes, why? Yes, why yes. is that important, folks? Tell them why. It's important. There we go. Because the Border Patrol facilities those people are being held in are only temporary. They're only there. Because Allison Camerata in the beginning of the segment, notice what she said. Follow uh -huh. the, her, her logic is completely, she's telling you a fairy tale. She says, well, these kids are helping. They could be held there for years. Not in those facilities. You are transferred if you are being held long term from border facility, border patrol facilities to ICE facilities that are completely different. There aren't the chain link fences that Obama built. Yeah. There's none of that. A lot of these places, they showed it on Fox. A lot of them have video games, chow halls. Some of the facilities are nicer than some of the, 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 the prisons we have. Remember, some of these people broke the law to come here. They're making it up. So that's why Cuccinelli nails her to the wall and goes, wait, are those border patrol officers in the B-roll you're playing? In her ear, she's like, yes, yes, they are. 
And he's like, nice, because what you're showing are temporary detention facilities. You're not showing the long-term <laughs> facilities. You're alleging we're holding these people in. Of course, she's puzzled because she doesn't know any of the facts, and un unsurprisingly so. And then secondly, he points out again, I'm sure you're showing cages, right? Yes, those cages were built by the Obama administration, not by the Trump administration. We're using the facilities they put up in advance. Again, expert, expert level work by a, a really, really good uh, represented for the Trump administration, Ken Cuccinelli. Nice job. Again, uh, um, I'm going to put that up. I think it's Media Research Center or Newsbusters. I have the article up, hat tip to them, in the show notes today where you can check out that whole segment. It goes on a little longer. Um, it's really good. It's definitely worth your time. All right, I want. Okay. here's what I got oh, coming up. He got us. Let's go to spot. He got us good. Yeah, exactly. That's what <laughs> happened. You know the behind the scenes haven't been in radio. It's like move on quickly to a yeah, different question. Go. Um, I promised you on Friday I was going to get to the John Solomon piece. I'm trying to shake some trees over the weekend. Got a little bit of stuff. Yeah. But this John Solomon piece is important. And I've got some Brian Stelter video. Um, oh. More of just a horrendously bad oh, Brian gosh. Stelter video uh, where he completely fails the career. Yeah, oh, my goodness. And I've got an Antifa video, too. It appears that they have finally tangoed with the uh, wrong guy um, in Paris or whatever. Well, they weren't in Paris. Tango up is a joke. But uh, yeah, don't miss this video. That was a good All one. right, today's show also brought to you up. Yeah, it was a good one, right? <laughs> brought to you up, buddies. Helix Sleep. Helix Sleep, best mattresses out there for the money. Helix Sleep is a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete, matches your body type to sleep preferences, to your sleep preferences, and produces the perfect mattress for you. You don't need one of those generic junk mattresses. These are the best ones out there. Whether you're a side sleeper like me, hot sleeper, you like a plush or firm bed with Helix, there's no more confusion, no more Compromising. Helix Sleep is rated number one, numero uno by GQ and Wired Magazine. CNN called it the most comfortable mattress they've ever slept on. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. We love them. We have two of them in this house. They're the best. And for couples, Helix can even split the mattress down the middle, providing individual support needs and field preferences for each side. They have a 10-year warranty. Try it out 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you. If you don't love it, you won't need it. I can't say enough about this mattress. It's so comfortable, ladies and gentlemen. You are not going to get a better mattress for the price. Again, we have two of them here. Helix is offering up to $125 off all mattress orders for our listeners. Get up to $125 off at helixsleep.com slash Dan. You need a mattress? Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Get $125 off your mattress order. Helixsleep.com slash Dan. Don't forget if you're in the market for a mattress, helixsleep.com slash Dan. Okay. Um, let's get to the Solomon piece. I said I'd get to it on Friday and it's again a busy news day. So I want to spend some time on this one. John Solomon in the Hill, I uh, have this up in the show notes, and it's an important piece, folks. Again, there are two key takeaways from this piece I want you to understand. Title of the piece, The Road Not Taken, Another FBI Failure Involving the Clintons Surfaces. Here's the 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 core takeaways from this piece. Uh, you know what? Just put up uh, the, the snippet. I'll read it from the piece itself so you understand what's going on. This is from... We've been told, keep that up for a second. We have been told repeatedly by liberals and the media and liberal activists in the media that the IG report said there was no, I'm just going to read that, that the IG report said there was no political bias in the, you know, in the Clinton probe and in the, the Trump spy investigation. Ladies and gentlemen, that is not true. 
I'm going to show you in a second, put that back up again, how this relates to the, the Solomon piece. This was from the actual IG report. In assessing the decision to prioritize the Russia probe over following up on the mid-year related investigative lead, that's the Clinton case, we were particularly concerned about the text messages sent by Stroke and Page that potentially indicated or created the appearance that investigative decisions they made were impacted by bias or improper considerations, the IG wrote. You get that? Okay. That's important to set up this piece and what Solomon's saying. Yeah. The IG, Inspector General, that investigated the Clinton email case did not say there was no political bias. He said the opposite. That right. the decision to shelve the Clinton case and move on to spying on Trump, he could not determine there wasn't political bias involved. That's a quote, ladies and gentlemen. Whether you, you know, if you can read or not on the left, that's your problem, not mine. But that's a quote from the actual piece. I'm sorry if that quote bothers you, but what you're telling us, oh, there was no political bias, EIG said so, is factually inaccurate. Why does that matter? Because according to Solomon, and please read the piece in the show notes, there was a key piece of extremely sensitive, this is important, extremely sensitive information in that Clinton probe, classified at the highest levels, that they wanted to get access to, to look at, and that the FBI basically ignored in their evaluation of whether Mrs. Clinton, uh, Hillary Clinton, should have been charged. I'm going to get to what that is there in a second. Now, folks, this is important. So, you know what? Let me get to that next. I just, I did this in reverse. I put the piece up first. I was going to do it in a different order, but I just wanted to set that up. So forgive me there. What is that key piece of classified information and why does it matter? This is something I think you're only going to hear on this show and have only heard on this show. And I wish it weren't proprietary. I wish more people would pick up and run with this story. I've been shaking some trees and my, my again, I, I want to be fair, I'm speculating a bit here. Um, I don't have the, the hard proof I need, but I know what I'm saying as some basis in the facts surrounding the case. That key chunk of information may in fact be the President of the United States at the time, Barack Obama's communications with Hillary Clinton. Now, we know, here's what we know. This is not speculation. We know Hillary Clinton was emailing the president of the United States at the time, Barack Obama, from a personal email account without the government security uh, firewall set up. It was a personal email. Account. It was not the state.gov account. It was a Clinton email account, private server, private security on it, not uh, up to government uh, standards. We know she was emailing the president. Why is that a problem? Number one, what was she emailing the president? Is significant. If she's emailing the president of the United States, Joe, the chances are that the conversation is classified by default. Mm -hmm. Having said that, why does this create political problems? Remember, this is why I had to do it in reverse. I was going to do it in a different order. This is why I started off the segment by showing you that the inspector general has not eliminated political bias for the FBI saying, hey, let's not look at the Hillary case. Let's look at Trump instead. The left wants you to believe that happened. Mm. What do I think he's really getting at? Folks, the political problem for the left that the FBI may have ignored at the upper levels by shelving the Clinton email case, I don't believe was done exclusively to protect Hillary. Wait, what? What do you mean? It was Hillary's email. Uh, it was. But folks, I don't believe Hillary was a big favorite of anyone. I think what was being done was an effort to protect the Justice Department and President Obama. Because remember, if Hillary was emailing Barack Obama, Barack Obama was on the record in an interview you can all see on YouTube saying he found out about Hillary Clinton's personal email where 
from the media. Yeah. We have to be. Oh, yellow card. Yellow Thank card. You, yellow card's up. And yellow card. Folks, that's not possible. Two yellow cards, and then you get a red. Yeah. That's not possible. That's not possible if Barack Obama was getting emails from Hillary Clinton's personal email. Now, Mason, what do you mean you've only heard that on this show? I've heard that elsewhere. No, no. Let's go to step two. Obama's got some plausible deniability, right, Joe? So he could say, yeah. I don't know. Someone just put a email in my Blackberry. All I saw was Hillary Clinton. Uh, really? Because, ladies and gentlemen, the president's Blackberry and that communication system is pretty much dictated the security specs by WACA, the White House Communications Agency, which has significant military input. Folks, in order to get a private email as the president of the United States in, a Blackberry, in his Blackberry, I assure you that email had to be whitelisted. Meaning put on a list of acceptable emails. So the president's not sent a bunch of phishing emails or mm-hmm. Trojan viruses. Somebody had a whitelist Hillary's email. Meaning, ladies and gentlemen, this, that Obama's story that he found out about Hillary's email through the media, while someone in the White House had to tell Waka to whitelist her email so she could email Obama on private said email, is a BS story of the highest order. The verdict on that? Guilty as charged. Oh. BS alert. No chance what he's saying is true. Again, that, that part is all fact. The speculation is, is because I, I don't know, Solomon's saying it was a piece of classified information the FBI ignored. I can mean anything. My guess is that that is one of the major portions of this that the Bureau should have taken into account that they didn't when they shelved the Clinton case and moved on to the Trump case. Again, that's something, that whitelisting argument, you're not hearing anywhere else but this show. Mm. There is no way Obama didn't know. He had to order someone at the upper levels of the White House staff to tell the WACA people to whitelist that email. Don't forget that. You're going to hear about that again. Um, Okay, here we go. Let's get to this. uh. Antifa video. You know, they just picked the wrong guy. They really yeah. did. They just picked the wrong guy here. So there's a little bit of cursing in this. Joe was kind enough to bleep it out, but let me give you some background. So Antifa tries to block traffic. Okay. By the way, stories up in American greatness, uh, which will be at the, in the show notes today. If you want to read the whole article by Deborah Hine, angry father confronts Antifa agitators blocking the street in Bloomington after they make his children cry. Folks, this has been, before I play the video, there's a little couple of bleeps in here. Don't worry, it's family friendly. The bleep bleeps out the cussing. But uh, for those of you not watching the video, youtube.com slash Bongino, I'll describe it to you. It's, you can hear it in the video. You're hearing a confrontation between a crowd of Antifa people and his father's got his kids in the car. And the father is the one telling him, get there out of the street. So you can kind of hear what's going on. But I, I've warned over and over. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not virtue signaling at all. I hate. I can't stand when people do that. Yeah, I'm just telling you. I'm an inherently nonviolent guy. I mean that. I just. It, I just don't see it as a productive way outside of self defense to solve political debates. Listen, sometimes it's been necessary. The Civil War, a revolution. I get that, but it should always be our last resort. All right, enough of that. Now, again, I don't want to get like. I'm not trying to be preachy. I'm just suggesting to you that it's not a good way to solve these things. Having said that. Folks, Antifa's going to pick the wrong guy eventually. Now, luckily, this didn't end in any... There was a little pushing and shoving, but, Mm. you know, in any substantial violence. But nobody wants to see this. And if Antifa keeps pushing and pushing and pushing, you're going to run into the wrong guy. And eventually, something's going to happen that nobody wants to happen. 
I'm more. I'm just putting that out there now. This is an anti-First Amendment group committed to speech suppression. So check out this video. Here's Antifa confronting this guy who is just clearly not having any of it. Now, Joe was, I didn't see it. Joe did, but I sent him the video. Mm-hmm. If you're watching the video, one of those guys has a fixed blade knife on his, which is not a, I mean, I'm nothing wrong no. with him, but if you're going to listen, you're Antifa, an anti-First Amendment group. I worry about these guys carrying knives and weapons that you don't know what they're going to do. They're maniacs. Right. They're so committed to anti-First Amendment, anti-free speech, right? Remember, we own the narrative now on Antifa. We own it. But folks, I can't emphasize this enough. You know, when, when you spend your life around genuinely tough people, I, you know, I mean that. I mean, genuinely tough people. I'm not talking about talkers. I'm talking about doers. Yeah. Their tolerance for BS can be high, but once that red line is crossed, there's not a lot of going back. Yeah. And these guys and ladies out there that, you know, I've, uh, I say ladies too, because I can, I, I'll tell you right now, I can send you into my jujitsu school down in Jupiter with a couple of women and Antifa guys that will kick your caboose and give i give it a minute or less i'm not kidding i would bet my right arm on it their tolerance for this kind of behavior is high but once that red line is crossed there's no turning back and i don't think you understand how horrible real violence is you know the toughest people i know military folks cops you know uh, mma fighters people i've been around my entire life the one thing they don't want to do is fight. But if pushed against the wall, they will. And the reason they don't want to fight, ladies and gentlemen, is because they do it all the time and they understand the horrors of it. You know, I, I, I for those of you who don't do this often, when you've got a two, three hundred pound guy in side control on you and he's got his shoulders shivved up against your chin um, and you can't move and he's compressing your diaphragm so you can't breathe. Um, and you guys are doing like light, stri- not even real striking MMA. And he's giving you a couple like love taps in the face as you can't breathe. And there's snot coming out of your nose uh, on the side of a mat. And, and you can't move. It's a really horrible, awful feeling. And that's one of the reasons people who practice violence for a living, fighters, soldiers, avoid it at all costs. Mm-hmm. Enough on that. I'm just throwing that out there. To these anti-First Amendment guys. You are going to pick on the wrong guy and this is going to end poorly for everyone. That guy was having none of it. Please check out the video, by the way. YouTube.com slash Bungie. At one point, he goes, take the mask off. And he flicks the guy's mask off, which is great. Good for him. Um, all right. Today's show, final, final sponsor. We got a lot of great sponsors who want to be on the show. I uh, appreciate you supporting our sponsors. But don't, though, I got the Stelter thing coming up in a second. I'm sorry. I just got so many stories I want to get to. Finally, Simply Safe. My choice for home security 
It's in the security business for a long time. We love Simply Safe. Simply Safe, according to studies, about 10% of break ins are planned beforehand. You know that the rest are spur of the moment, crimes of opportunity. In other words, they're random. Don't be one of those random victims. July and August are when most burglaries occur. And what's crazy is only one in five homes have home security. Come on, you got to have home security. You ensure everything in your lives that matters, uh, get security for your house. Most companies don't make it that easy. You know, there's these long-term contracts. The systems are hard to install. Simply Safe is easy to install. They are simple to deal with. Great customer service. That's why Simply Safe is my choice. And by the way, my family as well. My mother-in-law uses it too. Hands down. Simple to use, easy to install, great customer service. Simply Safe protects every door, window, and room with 24-7 professional monitoring. They make it easy on you. There's no contract. They don't need it. Their customer service is so good, they don't need a contract to lock you in. It's their, their good business plan that locks you in. You know, they don't need a contract. No hidden fees, no fine print. It's won a ton of awards from CNET to the New York Times Wirecutter. Prices are always fair and honest. Around-the-clock monitoring is just $15 a month. But one thing that makes Simply Safe stand out is their video verification technology. When other home security systems are triggered, a lot of times um, police assume it's a false alarm and the call goes to the bottom of the list. I know, I was on the other side of that. Not with Simply Safe. Using their video verification technology, they're able to visually confirm that the break-in is actually happening, allowing police to get to the scene 3.5 times faster than other home security companies. Visit simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. Simply Safe. That's S-I-M-P-L-I safe.com slash Dan Bongino. Simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino so they know our show sent you. Thanks for supporting them. That's simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. Again, appreciate uh, your patience and supporting our sponsors. They make the show free. Keep it free for you. Okay, uh, here's Brian Stelter. Just a little oh. feedback on Stelter from CNN. I got a lot of feedback and the show feedback matters yeah. a lot to me. It does. Uh, 90% of people... I love the rant against the, I just I have a personal animosity <laughs> towards Brian Stelter because of what he does to other people and friends of mine in the business with no sense of self-reflection but about 10% of you thought it went on a little long my rant again fair <laughs> enough my rant against Stelter on Friday I that's why we leave our email open this show is for you I love doing it but it's for you and I uh, the point here is I really appreciate your feedback pro and con Nothing wrong with that. So thank you very much. Having said that, showing you again why this guy is really a cancer in the media business. He has a show called Reliable Sources. That's not a joke. That's the actual title of his show. He was the coffee boy at CNN. Now he has a show there where he is supposed to be, or he paints himself as the voice of reason, critiquing other media people. I want you to watch a snippet of a segment on his show. I know to, to contain your laughter. This is a segment on his show where he has a psychiatrist and alleged mental health professional on who makes one of the most insane, even Paula outside who was busy doing stuff. She's like, is this real? It's real. Joe didn't doctor it. We just edited it for time, but it's, it's a continuous thought. This is a psychiatrist on his show called reliable sources making one of the most ridiculous, absurd claims on television I've ever seen. And I want you to notice Stelter's response or lack thereof. Check this out. Calling Trump crazy hides the fact that we're crazy for having elected him and even crazier for allowing his crazy policies to persist. Trump is as destructive a person in this century as Hitler, Stalin and Mao were in the last century. He may be responsible for many more million deaths than they were. He needs to be contained, but he needs to be contained by attacking his policies, not his person. What the, what was that? Did you see, by the way, when I said pay attention to Stelter's response, 
You're like, what? I didn't hear anything. That You're, you're not supposed yeah. to. He didn't say anything. He's sitting there. If you're watching on the video, you can see, huh? he gives like this dopey look. But he doesn't, he doesn't even bother to correct the guy. Guys, ladies, listen. You're going to go on CNN, which, you know, I get it. They have 10, 15 viewers in an airport, you know, in, in, the, in the Tuscaloosa airport. We love Tuscaloosa. But they probably don't even have CNN on out there. You got to correct that. You can't let a guy go on the air and say Trump is going to be responsible for millions of deaths like Stalin and Mao. And he does nothing. Ooh. I'm going to move on because I don't want to beat this thing to death. I'm simply suggesting to you the guy is out there portraying himself as a sincere critic of other media sources as like the voice of reason. He's not the voice of reason. He is, as I said, in a village of idiots. He's the king. He is the shaman. How do you let that go? But I'm telling you, CNN <gasps> will do nothing about it. All right, moving on. Paul, are you happy? Okay, because she was very upset at me Friday, too. She thought I spent yeah. too much time on Stelter. She did. She was like, and then I got a few emails. She said, I see, I told you too much time on Stelter. All right, moving on. See, I told you it was a stacked news day. We got a lot to get through. Yeah. Um, Bernie said, this is, um, <laughs> I sent out a tweet this morning. This is, uh, Bernie Sanders is a fraud. Example number 10,167. <laughs> Folks, this guy, I'm going to make a larger argument here because I listened to a podcast of one of my favorites this weekend. And one of the points made by this guy, Tyler Cowen, was just stellar in refuting this whole Bernie Sanders socialism government's going to be a panacea and a cure-all uh, uh, mentality. I, I, I don't, and I don't spend a lot of time on Bernie because it's personal with Bernie. I spend a lot of time on Bernie because the way the left has shifted to the radical left over the past two election cycles, ladies and gentlemen, is largely attributable, whether you like him or not, to Bernie Sanders. And there are people out there who are sane, who for some bizarre reason take this guy seriously. Here's a story from the Washington Times about Bernie Sanders. Again, showing you how he's, this guy is a fraud on every, he's a millionaire capitalist fraud. Bernie Sanders shows how socialism works. Story will be in the show notes by Kevin Cochran. His staff salaries inadvertently reveal the limits of his own philosophy. <laughs> Folks, Bernie Sanders, do you understand a major platform he's been running on for the presidency is wage boards? How if he gets into office, how there are going to be government run wage boards that are going to tell your businesses what to pay their workers. Yeah. All kinds of things. I mean, the very essence of socialism, government yeah. control, of the means of production, right? Another tenet of that is that one of the mid, the minimum wage you're going to be able to pay workers is $15 per hour because Bernie said so. Remember, Bernie's had no experience, never had an actual job in his entire life. The guy is a total fraud. From the Washington Times piece, this is what's fascinating. Again, showing you this man has no principles at all. He wants you to pay $15 per hour, but get a load of this. Bernie Sanders, the recent public flap over his field staff being paid an annual salary of 36000 but being required to work hours that equate to much less than $15 per hour he supports as a living wage does expose a major flaw in his socialist model. Plus, it's downright embarrassing to be found to be someone not paying your workers $15 an hour when just a month earlier you were at a Walmart shareholder meeting shouting that Walmart should pay every employee at least $15 per hour because less than that is, quote, starvation wages. Oh, Folks, yeah. okay. I mean, how many? Listen. Holding oh. Bernie Sanders ten yards replay first down. Oh. I, what do you? What else? Do you, the guy is clearly not. He's telling you you need to do something. He is unequivocally not willing to do himself. He doesn't pay his employees the equivalent of fifteen dollars an hour. Nah. The guy is a fraud. He is a total fraud. He is a complete fake. He rails in millionaires and billionaires. Yeah. He's a millionaire. 
He doesn't like million. He is a millionaire. Yeah. When asked why he doesn't pay, um, when asked if he uh, why he doesn't uh, pay the Trump tax rates, you know, why don't you just pay more? Remember, Trump cut taxes. Martha McCallum at Fox asked him an excellent question. Trump cut taxes. Martha McCallum asked him, well, if you don't like the Trump tax cuts, because he rails against him, I don't like the Trump tax cuts. He hates them. If he doesn't like them, Martha McCallum said, well, why don't you just voluntarily pay the higher weight? rate? You don't have to pay the, the new lower rate. You yeah. get it? Pay the higher one. Of course. And he's like, of course I'm not going to pay that rate. <laughs> of course. He's right, because it's stupid. Because why would you give the government extra money to waste? But that's not what he's running on. He's running on higher tax rates, suggesting we should all do it. This guy is the biggest phony fake in it, in all of politics. Now, tying this to a bigger issue, Bernie, let's take it out. to Now we have it the micro, right? He's a fraud on these micro issues. He's all a right. fraud on minimum wage. He's a fraud on wage boards. He's a fraud on capitalism. He's a fraud on tax cuts. He's a fraud on health care. He's a fraud on all of this. Let's pull it out to Bernie's bigger macro thesis okay. that government somehow is a solution to all our problems. I was listening to Econ Talk, which is an excellent podcast. I've recommended it here many times. Um, Russ Roberts does it. And he has thinkers from various sides of the aisle. And they talk, it's a little longer. It's not certainly the format of this show. It's long form, an hour long, comes out once a week. And he talks about economic issues and some other stuff sometimes as well. Um, he had on Tyler Cowen, who's really uh, a brilliant brilliant i mean an int a superior intellect and listening to their back and forth this weekend was fascinating and cowan said something to me that uh, i have to tell you very rarely does something ring my bell that i'm thinking about for hours afterwards I mean, usually you know i'll write it down take a note do some homework on it and, you know let it go i could mm -hmm. not get this out of my head and, 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 and joe tell me at the end of this if this if this is a, as, as, as prescient as i think it is or maybe i'm just exaggerating okay. he's talking about this how this this left leaning lurch of the of you know the Bernie Sanders type left and I'm, I'm paraphrasing obviously a lot and he says you know what's fascinating about this is that these people running on this platform want you to believe that trust in business is all way way down and trust in government is way way up but he said think about the real world evidence of that it's non existent <laughs> he brought up a fascinating point Joe oh beautiful baby we knew it growing up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, 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 Joe's not cheating because I didn't. But no. I, I, this was brilliant. Yeah. What were you always told growing up, Joe, about strangers? Oh, don't not, take not a candy. Question. Don't talk. Get don't away talk from to them. them. Don't talk to if, them. If a stranger pulled up. Now, knowing your parents, good parents, if, if, if you said to your parents as a kid, hey, if a stranger pulls up in a car, mom and dad, what should I do? What do you think your parents would have yeah, told you? I would have said, run away, come home. That's that, not a trick. Yes. No. They, my parents told me the same thing. I matter of fact, I tell my wife that now when she goes out and runs, I'm like, huh? Paula, seriously, if a, tr if a stranger ever, you know, there's creeps out there. I'm it like, sure just is. keep running or go to lot, ring a ring a door. Right. That's what we've been told. That right. has been considered par for the course advice for decades. Mm -hmm. I promise I'm going to make this connection a second. Yet an Uber shows up and you jump in a car with a stranger like that. Lickety split. Cowan. Genius. Wow. But he says there's a there's a distinction here. Oh, okay. It's not that you trust the driver. You have never met this guy or woman in your life. You don't even know their names half the time. You don't trust the driver. You don't know the driver. You have no idea who he is. You trust the business model. Oh! oh. 
that's not possible. Oh, I thought business was awful. Oh. Business and government's going to stop. Now, now I'm going to, that's he, his, that's where the all Tyler right. Cowan analogy stopped. Okay. But it got me thinking all weekend about other examples. This was brilliant. A brilliant piece of insight. If someone pulled up to you tomorrow, pulled up, not an Uber, on the street, I'm not kidding, and said, I'm from the government, get in the back of the car, you would run, yeah, would you not? Hell. Get you would, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. I don't care if you're a liberal or not. Joe, you know it. Jew, mm -hmm. little Joe, Paula, mm -hmm. my daughter. If someone pulled up tomorrow, some rando, and rolled the window down and said, I'm from the government, get in a car right now, you would lickety split, get the heck out of there. Yep. But why? Why? They're from the government. If they showed you a badge, said get in now, and then force you in, it was some kind of, like an Uber transaction, you'd run away. You'd want an explanation first. You'd want to talk to a lawyer. You don't do any of that when you get an Uber. You may say, oh, okay, well, that's a little bit of a... Is it? Let me give you another example. Again, this is not Cowan, but that was such a brilliant point. So Cowan's point, to sum his up, is, you know, we say the Bernie Sanders types and others, you know, oh, business is horrible. We shouldn't trust business. Government has the answer. But in our real lives, we don't live that way at all. We trust that Uber is sending us someone who's not going to kidnap us. That's right. Despite literally decades of being told that is the one thing you should never do, get in a car with a stranger. We do it because business figured it out. How to make it safe. Not the government. Not the G. They didn't figure it out. Let me give you another example. It's a Dan Bongino original. You know, they want us to believe the left, Bernie and others, that government has the answers. Give them your tax money, give them your health care, give them control over education policy, control over your wages with wage boards, that these are the white knights. Yet what's fascinating is they only believe government is this white knight when the elections turn out their way. When people choose a government model uh, moving more towards freedom, Tax cuts, economic liberty, healthcare liberty. In other words, the Trump uh, election. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, the left's approach is conservatives are in charge. Don't trust government no matter what. Well, wait, so government is that unstable that if you lose an election, everybody should impeach the government? I thought you just said government inherently was a net good, that we should turn power over to the government. But what you follow me here. Yeah. You're suggesting to us government is the answer. But it's only the answer every four years if we win an election. Other than that, overthrow the government completely. It's so bad for you, it's going to cost you everything. Yeah. <laughs> what? Wait, what? <laughs> Yet nobody, Joe, seriously, no. Yeah. If this is a bad analogy, tell me. I won't be insulted. No. But I thought about this. I was up at Fox uh, this huh? week, hosted for Hannity. And there's a Chick-fil-A across the street in New York, okay. in liberal Manhattan. That's like 80% Democrat. You can't get in there. I'm not even kidding. The line in the Chick-fil-A across the street from Fox on the east side of the street, you can't even get in the joint. The line is around the corner. How? Folks, I assure you, those people mm. on that line are probably 70 to 80% liberal. It is in one of the most liberal parts of Manhattan, Fox News headquarters. So you don't trust the government when you lose an election, despite telling us government's so great, it's going to answer all our problems, but only if we win. And then if we lose, it's the most dangerous thing yes. ever. Uh -huh. But yet you have a company run by conservatives. They're not even open on Sunday because of their religious values. They're about to put something in your body. Food. Mm -hmm. I mean, something that could literally kill you. 
They're about to put something in your body, this conservative company. And despite the fact that that's run by conservatives, unlike government, you line up around the corner for the chicken sandwich. Tell me again how business is this inherent evil and government is this inherently good, benevolent thing that should be trusted with our health care, our money, wage boards, our kids' education. Do you understand your total frauds when you say that? You don't live your life that way at all. You live your life the exact opposite way. You su- you're suggesting to us that government is so unstable that when people pick their government, that you should impeach it, run from it, have people thrown out of office and arrested. That's how awful government is. But no matter what kind of conservative, despite sincere ideological differences, if you're a liberal, you will go up and allow them to feed you and put stuff in your body. That's how much you trust them to not contaminate your chicken. Tell me that. Siri, I would love your feedback on that. Because I thought about this. Oh, and by the way, I, I'm running out of time. I had 10, 20 other examples of this too. Yeah. Uber. We're getting an Uber car. You ain't getting a car. I'm here from the government. Really? You better tell me what you're here for. You walk right in the back of an Uber. You eat from a Chick-fil-A, the most popular fast food joint in America. Liberals eat there all the time. But it's a conservative. How do you trust he's not going to poison you? He's not going to poison me. Why? Because it's a business. I thought you just said we're not supposed to trust business. And yet you want to impeach the government we have right now. Throw people out of office. Have them locked up. You're frauds. Bernie's a fraud. You live your life the exact opposite way. If you want to listen to the whole podcast, uh, that's a lot of free promotion. That guy doesn't even like me, Russ Roberts. <laughs> I emailed him once. I'm not kidding to get on his show. I love his show so much, but that's okay. He thinks that we're at different styles. Russ is an uh, academic. He's very smart, but a lot of free promotion for Econ Talk. If you want to listen to the whole thing, check it out. Econ Talk with Tyler Cowan. It is an excellent episode. A little wonky um, at times, but understandable if you have a kind of a basic economics background. They go into some really cool stuff on Rawls and others, but definitely worth your time. But I have to tell you, just hat tip Tyler Cowan. That is one of the most, that, that is really an unbelievable point. Uh, that is a Paul Revere, like running through town. Everybody <laughs> should be shouting that. But you don't trust business. Really? You get in the back of an Uber with a stranger. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It kind of refutes that point, doesn't it? Paula, did you like that? You did? Okay, cool. Thank you. My wife always, like, she throws compliments like manhole covers. If she hates it, she'll tell me, like the Stelter thing on Friday. Mm. She's like, man, you got to cut that off. Eight minutes on Stelter. Hey, we're an open book on the show. That's why we leave our email out there. That's why we do things differently. Hey, thanks again for tuning in. I appreciate your patience. We have great sponsors. They wanted to be here today on the show. They want to talk to you. I appreciate you supporting our sponsors. It means a lot. Uh, also, please subscribe to our video show, youtube.com slash Bongino. Sorry about the video being a little visual today on the Antifa thing, but it's worth you checking out, ladies and gentlemen. And please check out the show notes at Bongino.com. Thanks again. I'll see you all tomorrow. Take it easy. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.